Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mama Jack podcast. Today, I have two very special guests. They have their own podcast called The Shrink Show. You should definitely check it out. I did a podcast with them not too long ago about my postpartum depression. And of course, as moms, it sprung into a million other topics that are great to hear. So go check out theirs. I'll link that podcast to my podcast in the description. And today we're talking about mom friends and everything that goes with it. The truth behind being pregnant, giving birth, after birth, what that feels like for people. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And without further delay, here's my interview with the Shrink Show host, Angie and Jamie. Hi, everybody. We have Angie and Jamie from The Shrink Show. How are you two doing today? I'm a mess, but you know, it's because <laughs> I'm a mom. <laughs> okay, in- introduce yourself so people know the difference in voices. I am Angie. I have the deep, um, booming voice and really loud laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Jamie. I have a high pitched voice. <laughs> and I don't know. That, but I, it works great for all of my therapy clients because I don't know. I guess everything sounds nicer with a high pitched voice. <laughs> of course. Of yeah. course. Yes. Both therapists. Are you both therapists, psychologists? What do you go by? We're both clinical social workers. Nice. So we both, our background is in social work. I do mental health therapy and hypnotherapy. And I Angie do does not. social work. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Same license, have, but different jobs. Yeah. So we both have um, a license in mental health and a license in social work. So that makes us licensed clinical social workers. Okay, cool. Awesome. Awesome to hear. Well, today we're going to talk about becoming a mom. And the friend aspect of it, because we all know it's pretty crazy when you become a mother. And especially when you're in a place, I don't know about you two, but when I got pregnant, I was in Los Angeles. None of my friends had kids. One of my friends had kids out there. That's it. And so I like, they dropped like flies. It was like, they were all were kind of there and like excited to watch me grow. And the second the baby came, they maybe came to visit once. And then that was that it, it was like ghosts after that. Um, it was pretty tough for me. And my husband traveled a lot for work. And he actually had was on a night shoot after I had my first child. And then my second child, he got COVID <laughs> two weeks went after she was born. So uh. it was very like isolating for me, both times. It was pretty ridiculous as far as like the beginning was concerned. And then of course everything changes, but how, how did it look like when you two were pregnant and how does, how, what do you see pattern wise when you talk to people, if you talk to people about this subject? I don't know. It, we also were step parents before we became biological mothers, but you know, and that I feel was, like Angie went through it first. Kind of. Um, yeah, I think it, it was really hard, especially being a step parent first, because I didn't have any friends that had kids, let alone that were step parents. And if you've ever been a step parent, the dynamic of being a step parent is so uniquely different from having your, your you know, even even adopting. Right. It's because you 
you have this other person that is like, fuck you, you're not a mom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm talking about baby mama. I'm not even talking about kid. But if you become a step parent of an older child, luckily my, my, oh my God, I almost said grandson. That's weird. Um, my, <laughs> my stepson was young at the time. And you talked a little bit, Jackie, about the beginning of becoming a parent. I would have to say the hardest part for me was when I started continuing to pop them out. Because at that point, it was like I was too much for people. So for me to go to somebody's house or for me to try to make time for people, like I could hardly have conversations. I had child after child distracting me. Um, and it was just sheer chaos. And I feel like that caused me to lose a lot more friendships than having one child that's a baby. Everybody loves babies. But once you get the mouthy kid and then you have the parents that are like, you should do blah, blah. Fuck you. You don't have any kids. Don't tell me what to do. Yeah. You know? it, yeah. It was it was harder to maintain those long-term friendships um, just because I can't make the time for it. If you didn't have kids, it was really hard. You didn't want to hang out with me and my kids. <laughs> Yeah. Because you wanted to have conversations. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, this should also be a podcast for people that have friends with kids to understand like why we're not texting back, why it might take us longer to, or why we're so, you know, distracted. It's not that we want to be, that's just how life is after having kids. Like you can't not pay attention to them unless you have a nanny, I guess. And then you have all the time in the world, but (laughs) I mean, I don't know about you guys. I couldn't afford a stinking nanny. So it's like, you know, it's no kidding. Like today I got up at 8 a.m. and started preparing for a family brunch. They were coming over and I lost my phone several times and then spent like an hour and a half just setting up water fun outside for the kids. (laughs) Like, so there was no time, you know, because then they're thirsty and then the baby poops and then, you know, there's so many things. And, you know, then one screaming, he squirted me in the eye. It's like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, and there's no time to even think, let alone call a friend or text a friend or anything. I lose my phone. Like I said, half the time. I have no idea where it is. Anyway, yeah. Jamie, I'm sorry I took all the time. No, you're good. Yeah, I think, well, it's funny because since Angie did, she had, how many kids did you have before I even started making a baby? Did you have two or three? I had, well, including my stepson, I had three. Um, because I remember when Angie first had kids, I, as the friend without kids, I always was like, yeah, Angie's like, I mean, we expected our friends when they start having kids to get busy, but we also were just like, nope, she's just so, I remember thinking she's just so busy. She just doesn't have time. Also my love language is time. So I think I really take time personal with Angie, but I have also caught on. 90% of it is her ADHD and then like the rest of it is her roommate. So, but but not having children, I didn't have that insight of, you know, why the heck does it take like days for her to respond to a text message? That's crazy. Or like, you know, days to respond to this. I could probably in hindsight was just like me clearly not understanding or having enough like insight as to what was going on. Because I remember having like an epiphany when I had my first that I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I was so hard on her. Like just in my own head, I never said anything to you. Like it wasn't that big of a deal for me to like say something. But I remember thinking, dang, I probably was 
silently really mean to Angie when like <laughs> you just were trying to survive, <laughs> like you were just yeah. trying to get through it. And, and I think that insight, it changes when you realize how much time, like, you know, when the baby's brand new and you're dying because you're tired and can't function. Life too, Jamie, like it's so often we don't, we don't trust that people are doing their best or that they're trying their hardest in almost every aspect of life until we experience it ourselves. And it's infuriating when you are the person in that. It's very lonely and isolating because you're you're like, I am drowning, but I don't know what else to do. Or like, I just need to bitch about my husband not bathing the kids, but that doesn't make sense to a friend that isn't uh, a, a parent. And they don't, at least in my experience, didn't often want to have those conversations. I mean, I, Jamie, I'm with you because my best friend in Los Angeles, I actually knew her since we were little kids. Um, when she had her kids, I, I was understanding to her, but I felt the same feelings you felt. I was like, God, why does it take so long for her to do this, to do that? And then once I had my kid, I was like, I have two kids right now. Um, actually that's all I'm having. I'm just going to put that out there, (laughs) 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 but, um, yes, I felt the same way. I was like, dang, why doesn't, why can't she just text back? Like it's a text, you know? And now as a mom, I'm like, yeah, that's why, because like take all the time you want. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Like I'm the one. And it's like funny because now me and her's friendship, like we will literally not talk for like three months and then talk like we never missed a beat because we're both so busy with our kids and whatever else we're doing. And we just catch up when we can and we're understanding, you know? So yeah, that is honestly why Jamie and I created the shrink show because (laughs) selfishly we're like, we need like an excuse to hang out on a regular basis without our kids and drink gin. So nice. let's just talk about mental health. <laughs> and slap on, slap on a podcast and it's quote unquote work. That's hilarious. <laughs> just go tell our it. husbands. They don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, even talking about like mom friends, I have uh, several neighbors that have a lot of children, which is lovely. And a lot of them are the same age as my kids. And there's one of them. I really kind of joked with her. I gave her a hard time, but I love what she did because she went on the next door app, you know, and had said, um, I don't know if that's nationwide. I don't know. It's a silly thing of a neighborhood, the neighborhood app. It is. uh, Okay. And she had asked (laughs) for like mom friends to hang out with. And to me, I'm like, that sounds crazy. But she found like a really great group of people that she may not have found before And it it really helped me see like, that was really kind of like dating for the moms, you know, it it was connecting her because she had moved here from another state and she felt isolated. She had little kids and she's like, I just needed mom friends. And I think about folks who are not bold like that, you know, how isolating that truly can be and how depressing that can be, especially if you're I'm not a stay-at-home mom. I don't know how stay-at-home moms do it. They're magical unicorns created on another planet um, because that job sounds like the hardest job on the planet. But if you're a stay-at-home mom, mom. you are a fucking magical unicorn. But if you're a stay-at-home mom, it's so hard. How do you, 
how do you reach out if you don't know people? So for me, so I just moved, we lived in LA for 15 years and then I moved, it's a confusing story, but I moved to Pittsburgh with my mom. Cause that's where I grew up for like six months. Then we moved down to Georgia. So by the time we got to Georgia, I had my first kid in LA. We were here for six months, got to Georgia. My kids started preschool like a year later. Now I found an app called peanut. Have you guys heard of that app? Yeah. No. So it's like dating for moms. Basically you go through people's profiles and you wave at them. If it seems interesting, if not, you pass by and you can message them and do meetups and stuff. Well, through Pe- that's actually part of the reason I started my podcast was because they have like kind of a feature on there. It's they're called pods and it's kind of like clubhouse where everybody can come in. And I would start one every morning because the mornings were the hardest for me. Cause I'd be waking up, you know, before my son went to school, now he's in preschool. So I can't really get on as much because I have to, you know, get him ready to do that. But I would be so lonely in the morning. So I made a podcast called good morning mamas and all these women came in. Well, I found three girls that are my absolute best friends. Now the problem is I'm in Georgia, one's in Tennessee, one's outside of DC and one's in Pittsburgh, right? So the one in Pittsburgh, when I visit my family, rad, but, and I did kind of make friends in Georgia-ish, but not through that. Like I met somebody through, the moms were really great in my son's preschool. They made a text chain and I told them I was new. Like when we started preschool, we needed five contacts, like, emergency contacts and I was like I don't freaking know five people here like and they're like it's a state of Georgia thing so I had to literally make myself so vulnerable and text the mom group and be like I am so sorry I know you guys don't know me but I just moved here and I literally have one friend I know here is there any way anybody could be an emergency contact and no joke every single one of them said yes and because they know and it was they just, yeah, that it was, it was so beautiful. The next t- reason I have another friend out in, you know, Georgia now in Atlanta. And I say out in because I'm in Pittsburgh visiting my family now, actually, but, um, was I was in an Atlanta mom's group and my husband is in film. And if you know anybody in film, the hours are just nuts or they're away. Mm-hmm. They could be away for months. Um, and it's like, can be 13, 14, 15 hour days, depending. So you're basically like a single mom when they're gone, like it's all on you. So I reached out in my Atlanta group and I was like, are there any stay at home moms that have husbands that work in the film industry? And I found three women through that and they know exactly what I'm going through, you know? So I'm still developing relationships with them, but I'm hoping that, we can, we're kind of far, like we're like a 45 minute drive, which, you know, with kids, that's basically like three hours. So it's like a little far, but it's still nice to be able to have somebody so close that if I was in a pinch, I have people that can help me now, other than my one friend, you know, that I knew before moving to Atlanta, but it, that's the way I reached out being a new person and, you know, Atlanta, because I knew no one. And I mean, people are very welcoming there, though, so far. I heard the South can be a little weird, but so far, everybody's been very sweet. Yeah, I haven't been to the South too much, but, you know, the the Midwest, it's 
I think your only battle really is that passive aggressive, you know, the fake niceness that you, you have to figure out what's real and what isn't, which mm -hmm. actually leads me to my next point of, you know, it, for me, it was so important to have mom friends that I could be like, my kids are fucking assholes <laughs> because I yeah. needed to be able to say that and not be judged. I needed a mom that could be like, I know that she loves the hell out of her kids. And I know she doesn't really think her kids are assholes, but they're acting like assholes right now. And I concur. So, uh-huh. And I needed that kind of support rather than, you know, there are those moms that are, I'm, you know, everything's perfect and great. And I'm like, okay, everything is a shit show in my house and chaos and I love it, but it's exhausting sometimes. And sometimes I just need to cry. Sometimes I just need to vent, whatever. Yeah, it's funny. I remember um, a long time ago when I first became a mother, I had horrible postpartum depression and I kept posting on Facebook and people were messaging me like, why would you put that out there? Why would you tell people? And I'm like, listen, because I know I'm fucking not alone. Okay. And mm -hmm. I know there's somebody else out there that feels like shit. Okay. And I, We'll go into that later today, right? But yeah. I, I don't know if you guys listen to my postpartum depression podcast, but I got so much pushback from so many people for sharing my true feelings. And I'm like, I've always been like this. If you see me on Facebook, why would you think I'd be any different? Like, yes, I post cute pictures of my kids, but I also post realness. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, I made this podcast for realness because I want people that, know it's a shit show to be able to listen to this and be like, Oh my God. Yes. Yes. A breath of fresh air. Like not a mom podcast. That's just like, Oh, you do this. And this is how you make lunch and tips and tricks. And yeah, that's all fine and dandy, but we all know with me anyways, it's going to last one or two days. And then I'm going to say, fuck it. And they're getting dino nuggets again. You know what I mean? So uh, it's like <laughs> one of those yeah. things, but Jamie, I don't know if you got a chance to say how you were right after you had your kids and what that transition was like with friends. I think that transition, well, Angie and I have the same friend group, but it kind of, I think I ruined it when I had kids because I was <laughs> and we joke about it, <laughs> but I was, what, I was like six weeks postpartum and we, I was struggling and my husband wasn't being a very good husband or parent. So like everything was just like derailing. And so it's six weeks postpartum. So like my boobs are leaking, like everything's a mess. And we were out with a friend and I was just venting to Angie. So I was like, I was like, I just need someone who understands what I'm going through. I don't need anyone to fix my fucking problem right now, but I just need like, like I haven't slept more than an hour in like six weeks and I had a C-section. So like my body is dying. And I know she's had all of these things. So I just needed someone to be like, I totally get it. Like that sucks. You know, that's really all I wanted. And we, we definitely had some friends who weren't as understanding with that and had no like sympathy or empathy for the situation at all. And so I, it, it was shocking because then that was when I was like, fuck it. Like I don't have fucking time because I am, I'm, I'm trying to stay alive for my baby at this point, you know, sleep deprivation and like breastfeeding and all the fun dynamics along with just trying to mentally and emotionally handle it all. So I just was like, I only have time to hang out or give the energy to people who have the energy for me. 
So you know what? We're just going to reevaluate real fast and hard all the people in my life. And that's pretty much what I had to do. Like it was, it was a strong crash course when, when you get very abrupt responses just to the, I don't know, shit that you're going through in the beginning, you know? And when it's the culture shock of it all of like, Oh my God, like this new mom stuff, they weren't joking. But that's also why I think to any new parents, like anyone who's like, Oh, we're like, we're renouncing our pregnancy. I go out of my way to be like, listen, I'm going to tell you everything. I'm going to tell you mm-hmm. absolutely. Like I'm going to tell you the worst of the worst. So, you know, it's about to happen because I feel like no one talks about that. Yeah. I, I would always joke about like, you know, at the showers and shit, people like your mom and like, your in-laws who've had kids, everybody who's fucking had kids, all they would do is just be like, you'll see. That's all they say. Yeah. You'll see. Mm. Like a punishment. You'll like see. what? Yeah. And, and so I'm like, no, you won't fucking see. I'm going to warn you. I'm going to be like, yeah. you guys know <laughs> about this thing called cluster feeding? Like, do you guys know about like, I'm like, let's talk about C-sections. Let's talk about like vaginal births. Like, let's talk about the healing process that nobody's explaining to you. Because then people won't feel like they're blindsided by the, just the craziness of it all. So, or even just like breastfeeding. Like I couldn't yeah. breastfeed any of my kids. There was a fucking issue with each one of them. And I felt like the worst mom on the planet. No one had prepared me for how far how hard that and what it could look like and that I wasn't a failure. And I love that you do that, Jamie, because I, I agree. I, just laying it all out there and being like, listen you you're gonna think that you're failing and you're gonna think you're drowning but you're really doing great because <laughs> you love yes. your babies like that's it I, yes. I put a disclaimer on most of my podcasts whenever I introduce it to people that don't have kids yet that want to have kids I'm like listen with caution because this isn't the everything is all glitter and sparkles podcast like you're gonna hear a lot of rough shit and I even had a friend that doesn't have kids yet and she's like "Ooh, after your postpartum depression once I feel like I need to work on myself a little bit and I go listen doesn't matter when you have kids you're gonna have to work on yourself after yeah. no matter what because you change completely like come I've never met one person that was exactly the same person they were before kids and after you know and that it's not a bad thing like even me that went through such a dark period of time for what I feel like was a long time. I mean, my journey with postpartum depression was like three years, you know, and I am so proud of the person I am today. And it's so different. There are old aspects of Jackie that are still in there, but I, I love the person I'm, I think I'm more rad than I've ever been, you know, and I'm a fucking mom. Like I birthed two humans. I made two babies. Like what the hell, you know, that still creeps me out when I think about it, that I made two humans. (laughs) And it's like, I, even my husband, we laugh about it all the time. I'm like, God, we made them. Like they're from us. Like, isn't that so freaking weird? And I'm like, who let us have kids, dude? And we're actually pretty good at it. Like what the hell? That's how I feel when they send the baby home for the first time. I'm like, you're trusting me to keep this little human alive? Like, you're not going to send a nurse home with me to watch me and make sure I am doing this right? Like, what? (laughs) To, like, double check my answers? Like, I, I have... I have to study harder to pass a fucking licensure exam than I do to have a child. What? This is Yeah, so you just watch those videos and you get sent home. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Jamie, Jamie always talks about how 
one of her favorite topics is, you know, generational, um, like generational trauma and uh, just how you're, a lot of your issues play out in your parental role and a lot of, you know, the issues that you've carried on and how your children are, and Jamie could probably do a much better job of talking about it, but how your children are like just mini use and just like, just basically are like, fuck you. You got this issue, mom. Here we go. I'm going to push all those buttons. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make this real difficult. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think regardless of like, when you have kids, just like with your friend, Jackie, it's, you're going to have to face these demons at some point, just the generational trauma that we've been gifted. So your children typically, I see, are the ones who are just throwing it at you hard. But the hard part is, is everybody, like societally speaking, will say things like, you know, how, oh, you got that from your dad, you got that from your mom. And so, So then the parents, if they haven't cleaned up their shit, they end up almost reacting to their kid the way that they need to be reacting to themselves. Because if you don't see that your kid is a separate person, an entirely different person who happens to share like features and qualities that are similar, you'll end up just passing to them the same traumas that you have, you know? And so I think that's the hard part is parents are, are unfortunately just kind of throwing at their kids what they haven't cleaned up. That's why having mom friends is so important because you have to be able to be vulnerable and say like, I'm, I'm about to lose my shit or I, I'm, I'm at the verge where I want to fucking smack my kid because I, am, I feel so powerless, so out of control. And I am just losing my mind and I, I, I don't want to, but I, I don't know what else to do. Or like, you know, just like with your postpartum stuff. I mean, I had a time where my daughter was, um, she was like six months old in her little wrap and I was cutting watermelon with one of those giant knives. And all of a sudden I saw myself pick up the knife and just stab it in her head. And I was like, oh, okay, I need to put the knife down and walk away. Like that was scary. Yeah. And it, it's like, you have to have those mom friends or even just friends in general. If you're one of those friends that can support your mom friends and you're like, I don't want to have kids, but I, I sure as shit want to understand where my friend's coming from and I want to be there for her. You are amazing because, oh my God, help her out, <laughs> help fold laundry while you're drinking wine with her. And, right. uh, and don't be afraid to parent her children with her as long as you're doing it in a loving way, because holy shit, I, I love having my neighbors that can be like, Finnegan, which is my son. And he's usually the one getting in trouble, um, <laughs> but can yell at, yell at him and be like, Finnegan, stop doing that. And I'll be like, yeah, God damn it. Listen to Megan. Um, <laughs> and it's so nice. It's like a village. Cause I can't, I can't do it all by myself. I can't, it's too yeah. much. Yeah, it is. But I lot. have four. Maybe I chose, maybe I chose poorly having four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh They're really goodness. outnumbering you. Yeah. I <laughs> wanted a big family, but honestly, what's holding me back. It's not even the thought of having another child. It's the thought of my body going through everything again. I can't do that. Like, my husband and I talked about it and we were like, if we want more, my husband's adopted. So I was like, 
we can always adopt or we can, you know, when the kids are older, I don't feel comfortable doing it when they're little, we could foster, like we could do other things to help. But my body personally, I do not think could handle another pregnancy after all of my postpartum shit physically. It's like losing itself a little bit. And it's just, and I'm 37. Like, I don't know how old you two are, but I'm 37 and it's, you know, it gets harder. I mean, I see people that are like, I'm 42 and I had a kid and it was smooth sailing. And I was, I'm like, what the hell? They're like, fucking liars. Yeah. They're <laughs> lying. The first of all, no real mom says that shit. First of all, <laughs> I hated being pregnant. I mean, it was like a love hate thing. Like when I felt them kicking, it was so sweet. Like the feeling that I was making them amazing. Right. But I, you know, had every fucking set. I have a TikTok that it, it's funny because it was, when I was pregnant with my last kid, there was this huge story about this woman going to Hawaii that had a baby on a plane and didn't know she was pregnant. And I was like, if I have to fucking hear this story one more time while I'm five months pregnant and still have fucking morning sickness with this child, I was like, I haven't pooped in five fucking days. I don't want to hear this shit. Like, I don't believe for a second. And then more stories come out and they're like, I didn't feel a thing. I had no symptoms. And I'm like, how the fuck you are growing a shit? Like, in my head, I just cannot believe that's true. And I mean, but it I, has to be, but I'm most like, of them, oh no. most of them seem really large. And, and I hate to say that, but they, they seem like they started out as a much bigger person. And mm-hmm. perhaps that's the, the, the kicker. Cause I can't imagine anybody who, who isn't, you know, a, a couple bills having no idea. Like I, it just doesn't make sense to me. I agree. Like, fuck yes. off. It was awful. I didn't like it either. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But I, I always take stories like that. And that's why when I warn other parents, I'm like, okay, like I've heard stories of this. I've heard stories of this. This is my story, but this is also my friend's story. I'm just letting you know, there's a rainbow of things to expect that will happen. And, and, you know, with that, just let me know if you need it, if you need any help, if you need to drink, because we all do, we all need that. I think, think, oh yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead, finish. With, uh, with finding your people, I like, like your husband, Jackie, I'm adopted. And so my pregnancy, I'm pretty sure I just dissociated most of my pregnancy because it just was like a very not enjoyable experience because I just don't think emotionally I really understood what that meant being an adoptee but I had to find like I had to to reach out to adoptees who've had kids like I've had to listen to podcasts of adoptees I got to find my people who understood what that was like because I didn't have any friends in my life who've gone through that you know and who've understood who understand just that dynamic too so I think that's why I try to just ramble to anybody who's about to have kids because I just want them to be like, hey, don't be caught off guard if like this weird feeling happens or this weird like physical symptom happens because it exists or other people I know of told me that it exists. So half of it is just by the community too. Jamie, are you talking more about like your, this is your first biological family member, like that kind of feeling? Well, it was, it was my first biological family member. It was like piecing together stories of like 
what I know my birth mom went through and what I know I went through when I was first born. So like, like I wasn't, there's no memories or pictures of me existing until I was like five months old. So I, so I, until my, my oldest was five months old, I basically was just like, we have no present memories of what I look like or of anything useful happening, you know, like medically speaking, any of that information. So it really was just like an out of body experience because most people can be like, oh yeah, like my mom said, this was how her pregnancy was. And this was how her labor was. And this is what I was like when I was first born or whatever other issues. And so I would just be like, I don't fucking know. I, I don't really know what any of those things are. So it was not only just like not having, like wanting the biological family, but it was also just, I, I don't exist until I was five months old. So like, what does this mean for me carrying a child and then birthing a baby when my timeline doesn't even begin until five months after all of that? Yeah. Well, and what's funny when you're talking, Jamie, it, it reminds me of because Jackie, you don't know, but my mom has schizophrenia and bipolar. It's called schizoaffective disorder. And she had had uh, a child before who died um, a year before I was born. And um, she had had a lot of phantom pregnancies. And so kind of on that same note, Jamie, like I, I, she's an unreliable narrator. So I can't trust what she says. I can't I would ask her about her pregnancy with me and it was like, I don't have no idea which pregnancy. Did I get the pregnancy that, you know, she had immaculate conception and, and, you know, or did I get the pregnancy that was my brother's or whatever it was. So it, it was hard too. Cause it was like, I, I felt alone. Like I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't have like at that time, I didn't have mom friends that had babies. So I didn't have a lot of people. And in fact, it's funny that you said, Jackie, about, you know, the 42 years are like, it's a breeze. I literally had a colleague who was 42 at the time and had gotten accidentally pregnant. And she's like, this is so great. And I'm like, I feel like this is hell. Like, I, I am only 31. And I'm like, this is exhausting. How do you have so much energy? You're so fit. <laughs> <laughs> I need to eat better. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. But I was I was 38 when I had my youngest and I can tell you I am tired. You know, I worked with kids. I worked with kids when I was 19 and in my younger years and I would just I'd be rolling on the ground and doing all the crazy things and now I'm like that asshole mom that's like yeah can you help me down the stairs get out like you know it's not really quite like that but it's I just feel it's that close it, <laughs> fuck you Jamie um, <laughs> no but yeah parenting parenting is lit that's the catchphrase that my neighbors and I have uh, been saying all the time because like when one gets sick they all get sick when one kid like gets pissed off. They all have a bad day. So hashtag parenting is lit. That's our new favorite phrase. Yeah. And it's hard for people, obviously with everything that we just talked about when you don't have a child, it's really hard to relate to. And I don't know if you guys have friends that don't have kids, 
but even their problems. Like, I try to be very sensitive, (laughs) but, like, if... If I have a friend that doesn't have kids, for instance, it's like, God, I'm so fucking tired. And I'm like, why? (laughs) Why are you tired? Like, go the fuck to bed. You have all the time in the world. Like, why? Or like, if they're like, oh, I'm so busy. And I'm just like, I try to be very respectful, right? Because they don't know what it's like when you have little things like that are sucking your life all the time. Which also, though, when you're becoming a new parent, there's the feeling of being a parent, right? And everybody's like, this is what I heard from my mom my whole life. They'll suck the life out of you, but you'll love them so much. You'll never regret a second of it, which I have to say in my depression, I regretted a lot of it. Now I don't. Okay, now with a healthier mindset, I'm not like that anymore. But there was a long time that I felt I regretted the whole thing. I was like, I shouldn't have done this. I'm going to be a terrible mother. Like, I'm already a terrible mother. Like, all the things. And I think that when you're telling people, like, all this bad shit that's going to, well, quote, bad shit, exhausting shit, the real shit that's going to happen, they don't know what it's like to actually have a child in their arms yet. Like, and the weird part about it is like my daughter, she, my son slept through the night pretty early. He would wake up like once my daughter, not so much. It was a good nine months before she did. And I wanted to fucking die. I literally (laughs) had the toddler that stopped napping and then the baby. And I was just like, Oh my God. Like I was going, that was the end. That was right before my mental breakdown. Okay. Duh. So I, where was I going with this? I had a point I was talking about. Oh my God. Having a sympathy for people who don't have kids. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, where was I fucking going with this? There was somewhere I was going. I lost it. Don't kids pick the the perfect fucking time to just do all that crazy fucking shit. Like I, my youngest decided to crawl out of the crib. She learned how to crawl out of the crib just after my father-in-law died and my husband got COVID and was quarantined in the basement. And I had gotten COVID, but I didn't realize it yet. And I was fucking exhausted. And she's like, guess what? But you're a mom, so you can't take sick days. So Exactly. And in fact, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and talk about that real quick. Motherfucker, why does he get to quarantine in the fucking basement? And then I also get COVID and he still quarantines in the fucking basement. What? I now have to parent children as I have COVID for the first time and I'm sick. And my daughter just learned how to crawl out of her crib. Fuck me. Fuck me. I can't, I can't, I can't just trap her in there for a hot second when I need to do something. Not saying I trap her in there often. But there were a couple times where it was like, I mama's need- just trying to survive. <laughs> Mama yeah. just needs to take a fucking shit. That's it. Yeah. yeah. It just, I just- <laughs> oh my gosh. I that well that made me think of Angie and I were in a group chat. So it's me and Angie have kids, and um, two other people who don't have kids. And in COVID, like when COVID was fresh, and we're all like, you know, starting to get a little stir crazy and starting to get a little like deprived of socialization. Angie and I decided, um, poorly planned to have a child right before COVID started. Like mine was born January, 2020 and hers was born like what? February February of 2020. And then COVID was fresh and we're in a group chat. And so everyone's like, Oh my God. Like the two non-parents were like, I'm reading so much. Oh my God. I'm like, my house is so clean. And I'm like exercising and like, da 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 da. And Angie and I are like, um, I don't know, like, I, 
I ate breakfast. I like, I don't know. I don't what. And so I'm drowning. I just remember being like, talk dirty to me. I'm like, how much sleep did you get last night? (laughs) Yeah. Was it uninterrupted? Was someone pulling on your boob all night? Breastfeeding? No. No. Oh God. What's that like? Like, and I'm like, you finished a whole book. What? What's that like? You ate your soup hot? What? What? You didn't scoop it off of your kid's head because you build it on their head and you just decided to eat it anyways because that's not that is what I did but you know who's judging you know yeah yeah oh my god I love that was a very stark realization of how different people handled COVID with kids and without like oh you caught up on sleep and on your life's to-do list meanwhile I'm drowning but it's fine it's fine as parents I feel like I don't know about you guys but it's like I don't want to lessen their issues right because it's their issues and they feel however they feel about them they're real right that's how they feel so I try to be as nice as possible but then I think of myself and what I was complaining about to my like one best friend that had a kid and I was like god she must have hung up the phone all the time and been like I fucking wish I had that issue. Like, I fucking wish I had that. I wish I went to Vegas and came home and had a three-day hangover. Like, I wish that same girl, okay, came to my bachelorette party, forgot part of her breast pump, and had to hand express at my bachelorette party the whole time she was there. And her kid was like, two months old. And I think back on that, and I'm like, she is the best fucking friend I will ever have in my life because I don't think I would have ever been able to do that after having a kid like there is no way I seriously like holy shit and I have to give props to the people that don't have kids that are still there for people with kids because it is so it's such a different mentality but I do have super close friends that get it and they'll be there for me and they'll listen to what I have to say and they don't you know they're like, Oh my God. And they share stuff and they're like, Oh, I feel stupid sharing this with you. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Tell me your problems. Like I'd love to hear a normal person's problems that doesn't have kids. Like sometimes it's refreshing to me to be like, Oh my God, life can still be like that with some people. And sometimes I want to be like, don't ever have a fucking kid. Don't do it to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) But then like you look at them and my son, like after I started, like went through all of my journey with like mental health and obviously it's forever, right? That's what I say. Like after a mental breakdown, it's almost like sobriety, right? Like people that are in AA will go to AA for a long time. Some people never go to AA, but you're always working on your sobriety. That's how I look at my mental health. So it's like one of those things where now I just like, I love my kids even when they're driving me fucking nuts, which is Mm -hmm. so different than before. And I don't know if it's like the healing or the drugs I'm on now because I got to be on drugs now. So I'm sure it's a little bit of both, but there is such a, I mean, they're just so precious at the same time. Like they drive you fucking insane, but at the same minute, like there is nothing in this world I would not do for them. I think some of it too, when you hit that rock bottom, you realize that they are a part of the relationship. You know, I think too often we think parenting is I'm the dictator. I'm in control. You do what I say. And that's what was modeled to a, a lot of us. And in reality, we're all in this together. Like mommy's struggling. 
-hmm. and that's okay. And you can hold space for mommy. And when you're struggling, I'll hold space for you. And I think that's the beauty within that relationship with your kids is they really can help you grow in so many ways. And they are so beautiful when you allow them the freedom to be themselves and to help you when you need help. My um, almost four-year-old just started noticing when I was getting stressed and like sad or something like that. And he is such a fucking little sweetheart. He'll like come and sit with me and he'll be like, mommy, are you okay? Mommy, you're sad. Mommy, you're this mommy. You're... And he like really pays attention. And I don't know if you guys believe in Zodiac. He's a cancer. So we all know like cancers uh-huh. have like oh, the kindest hearts. Yeah. So, and I'm a Scorpio. So we're like the best ah, match, right? Me too. <laughs> and I have, a, my first was a little cancer too. And he's just, you can tell he has cancer written all over him. Like the way he reacts to stuff, like he 100%, he was almost going to be a Leo. And I was like, God help me. Cause my husband's a Leo. I was like, <laughs> I cannot have two fucking male Leos in this house. Like I will go nuts. You know, one is enough for the whole house, but it's just, they get it now. And I'm like, mommy's really tired can we snuggle in her bed and watch tv instead of like you know he wants to play and he's like okay mommy he then he's like can I bring my cars into your bed too and I'm like yes sweetheart you know just at the end of the day when I've like had it because now I have a 20 month old and an almost four year old and the 20 month old is crazy we all know that age is when they start to do all the shit Mm-hmm. oh fucking I've got a three-nager and I, I twos are <laughs> awful but three I feel like three's Personally, having gone through it like three times, I feel like three is when you are straight up a dick and, and you're capable of doing so many things on your own, yet you still really need mom. Mm-hmm. And and so you're just a fucking psychopath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how else to say it, but I do love that your husband's a Leo and he's in film, which doesn't surprise me. There are so many Leos in film. What is your daughter? She's a Libra. Ah. Oh. Yeah, husband's a Libra. <laughs> balance it out. Yeah. Yeah. She's a little, and, but I mean, who knows what that one? She's like a loose cannon. She's so freaking funny, but she's so chill. She also has a genetic condition. I did an episode on um, her genetic condition, and a lot of kids with that condition are super chill. What's like the condition? It's weird. Um, it is Sifram Hits Weiss. It's really rare. When we were, when she was diagnosed, she was one of like, 37 people in the world diagnosed holy shit and and it's a genetic condition so it can be the worst or barely anything at all well now there are so many more people because they're finding that a lot of the parents had it and it was you know what is it called oh my god it's losing my mind whenever you don't show symptoms but you have it asymptomatic yes so now there's like this full whole group on Facebook and we're learning off each other, right? Cause it's such a rare new condition. There's only one known public like research group on it and it's in Israel. So we all are in contact with her and we all go through all these things together and we post in this group. And yes, like for some reason, the kids with the syndrome, they still have their freakouts and tantrums, but they're calm. Like, I don't know if it's something with their brain development or what, but, and she is, she's either a psycho or super sweet and calm. It's like one or the other. My youngest might have that. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I, I love that you brought that up too, because Jackie, that's such a great example of even more difficult when you're trying to mom and you're momming a child that has some sort of medical or, or genetic condition that, that you're like, I don't, I don't even know how to process all of this. I don't know what to do. And technology has really helped in that connection with people. What did, what the fuck did housewives do in the 1950s? Like I have I no just, idea. They oh drank a lot more drugs. They, they drank smoked. until quaaludes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they smoked during pregnancy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. That, yeah. So what was that condition called again? Sifram Hitzweiss. Hitzweiss. Why is it called that? That's, uh, is that like the name of the person? It's the name of the person that I guess, you know, discovered it. Karen Weiss is her name. There might have been two other doctors that were with her. But yeah, Harlow was going to be a part of it. But then we decided not to because her genetics doctor got a little bit test rat with us. And I didn't like that. And it's already so stressful. Like she saw every single specialist there is to see. Like right yeah. at six months. Well, like at around five Gosh. months, she wasn't lifting her head like she should be. So that's when everything kind of started and we started seeing everybody. And now it's like, it is what it is. We have her in the therapies. Now it's to the point where they're just looking for like, they, they want to learn on her. And they wanted us to send this like blood work to the lab that they have. I guess their lab is in Canada and it was like all this money. And I was like, listen, we're not really going to get much from this because honestly, it's a waiting game for us at this point. They said nothing that she has will get worse. This is not a progressive disorder. So what you're born with is pretty much what will stay, which oh, is great. Nice. Right. But since she's still developing, we don't technically know yet, like what all is going to happen. So we're on our journey, still figuring that out. But yeah, it started to feel like they wanted us to get all this done, but they wanted us to pay for it. And I'm like, listen, I have no issue with Emory. It's Emory down in Atlanta. I have no issue with Emory Medical School, like using her and looking at her like data on all of her, you know, blood work, whatever you want to look at, but you're paying for it then. Like, I'm not paying for you to basically pick apart my daughter's genetics and learn from it. Like, if you want to do that, you pay for it, you know? So because they wanted us to do that and we really weren't going to get much more information out, I'm kind of like, I don't really want to go back to the genetics doctor that often because why? We know we, she has it and it's just like, you know, there's, there's no other reason to go now. Boom. You are a Scorpio. Yeah. I like it nice <laughs> it, it took me a long time to get there because and I honestly I'm one of those people where I don't hold back with my kids with medical stuff and I am like the tyrant like I will call the doctor I will call the specialist I will ask the questions I'm in the office being what most people would say is awkward but I want to know everything about my fucking kid you know what I mean like they're all we got or we're all they have you know right so you have to just get down and dirty with all of that stuff. Yeah, a hundred percent. I I love it, and and you you're leading an example for all of your other mom friends who are too afraid to say what they need to say to the doctor or afraid to ask those questions. It's like this is your kid, you know. You know your kid the best. There was a time. There's so been so many examples, but many times where I've gone 
into the doctor's office and the doctor's like, no, I, I think it's pink eye. And I'm like, nope, she doesn't have pink eye. Nope, that's not it. I've had pink eye. That's not pink eye. Nope, it's pretty sure it's pink eye. Ah, no, it's not pink eye. And lo and behold, she had like a tear duct blockage and needed to have tear duct surgery. And I'm like, yeah, okay. It wasn't pink eye. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) But you have to do that. But you need mom friends that can be like, no, fucking get back in there and and say what you need to say and trust your gut. Trust that mom gut. Yeah, for sure. Because that's the most important thing that will guide you. And through part of my healing process, which you guys I know are both therapy. So I don't know how much scientific facts you follow or if you follow other things as well. My therapist happens to be a Reiki healer. So she's like a spiritual woman like me because I'm very like woo-woo, I guess is what they call it. I learned that term. But my intuition is like rock solid. Like I can tell if my kid's going to get sick, I can tell all this shit right away. And I know I'm like, on, I mean, most moms are right? right. But like, I really, I'm like, nah. And my, everybody's like, are you being crazy? I have this one friend that's like, he's like, are you a paranoid mom? And I'm like, most people might sit there and say I am, but no, because every time I've taken my kid in, I've been absolutely right. So no, you just I'm know. Not. And it's not paranoid when you're doing what is in the best interest of your kids, because you're also, I guarantee you, because you sound exactly how I parent. I'm also the parent that's like, let them climb the tree. If they fall down, they'll learn their lesson. Yeah, You know, like it's, I'm not going to save them from everything, but I'm also, I'm going to protect them when they can't protect themselves. Mm -hmm. No, I am exactly that way. It's funny with my, with my first, I was such a helicopter mom. I was like, (gasps) oh. Like not letting him. He wore, he had one of those padded helmets that made him look like one of the little mushrooms from Mario Brothers (laughs) to like walk around. And now my daughter, she just rolls on the ground. Her brother pushes her. She falls. I'm like, I make sure she's not really going to get hurt. But if she just falls, she just gets back up. She doesn't give a shit. She's like crazy. You know, it makes me laugh so hard. It's so freaking cute. But it's, one of those things where exactly, and same with my son, like he'll jump from couch to couch and I'll tell him, no, no, don't do that. Sit, sit, sit. Then I sit there and I watch and I have carpet. So it's not like he's really going to get hurt if he falls, he falls and he gets hurt. And I'm like, well, mommy told you several times to not jump on the couch. Now, mm-hmm. you know why? Like I, I'm, Lesson a, learned. I'm very into environmental, um, what is it called? Environmental consequences. Very yeah. much so. <laughs> to a natural point. consequences. Yeah, yeah, natural consequences. Yeah. There you go. Like, to a point, right? Obviously, you don't want, if a stranger's coming up to the kid and they don't know and they're not, like, I'm not doing shit like that. But as far as, like, don't do that, you're going to get hurt. If it's not, like, they're going to crack their head open, it's they're going to get a scrape. I'm letting them get the scrape so they know better next time. Yeah, one of my favorite commercials, and this is from now on, as we're talking, this is going to be the commercial that I show every parent who is pregnant for the first time. It's that commercial with the mom, and she makes everybody use the hand sanitizer with her first kid, and then she's got, I don't know if it's her second or third kid, and she just hands the kid over to the auto mechanic that has the grease all over him, and he's fucking (laughs) filthy, and she's just like, fuck it. You know, and, and that to me is the perfect example of parenting because you are that way when you first, I just found my birthing plan for my first pregnancy and I started laughing out loud 
And I, I recognized why everybody else was like, oh, this is cute. This is cute. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> none of it fucking matters. But you, you have to be so thoughtful and, you know, all of that. But at, at some point, you're just like, fuck it. You know what? They got to learn. Like, they just, they're going to be all right. They're going to get sick. You're going to be all right. You're going to get sick. It's going to be fine. It's all going to be fine in the end. <laughs> yeah. That's something I still have a problem with is the sickness part. Because my oh. husband works so much, I'm like, fuck it. When they get sick and I'm sick and he's gone, I'm like, it's terrible. You were talking about your COVID thing. We actually all got COVID. So we were up here again. We went to, I went to a wedding and we all had got COVID. And my husband had to fly back for a job, of course. So he wasn't here with me. So I was getting up all night with the baby with COVID. My son had COVID. My mom had COVID. And oh my God, was it just horrible? Like for me, I wasn't terribly sick. My eyes were just pouring water for like, (laughs) it was like 24 hours of like the flu. I feel like shit. And then after that, my eyes watered for like five days straight. And when I say watered, it was literally like, I sent a picture to my friends and they're like, Jackie, you look like fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, thank you. Thank oh, you. Those are the kind of friends I need. <laughs> I'm like, I know. I don't know what is going on. And then I was like, my husband went back to Atlanta. He had to get COVID. They just stopped it, but he had to get COVID tested before every show he did. So he did a rapid test and it came back positive. And he's like, that's so weird. I'm not sick at all. Like, And then the PCR test, right? That's what they're called. I was going to say PCP. No, PCR test. They're like big, the big one, you know, came back as negative. And I swear to you, my kids went in for testing. It was all negative. We were all sick with the same exact shit. I tested at home. The only reason I tested is because my husband had a positive test and I had been sick and I had COVID. And I was like, we all have COVID, bro. Like, I think you have it too. (laughs) You just don't have symptoms. You know, because he had just had it and I didn't. So I never had had it before, but it was just, oh my God. Yeah, that was just horrible. So that's like my whole thing with um, getting sick is just like the worry that I have to do this all by myself and feel like shit. But you know what? We survive, right? We always have to tell about it. Yeah. Having to parent your kids when you're sick is so difficult, especially if they're not sick. Like, if they're sick and I'm sick, that's one thing. Because then we can all just kind of sleep and, you know, I can make soup for me and them. But if they're not sick and they are full energy and full force, hey, I'm just going to go ahead and just say this to all of the moms out there and the non-moms out there. If you have a mom who is sick and her kids are not sick and she's having to do it by herself, either A, take those kids, or B, send her a care package. She is not doing well. She is not well at all. Send her a care package of crafts, games. I don't give a fuck what is in there. Fucking silly string. Even for like 10 minutes. Do something. Just let her get uninterrupted sleep. Because I don't, that fucking gif of Stewie from. um, Oh, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Mom, 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 mommy, mom, mom. I just decorated for a retirement party on Friday night and my, or Friday afternoon. And my kids, two of them, the two middle ones, the seven and nine year old came with me. And my colleague was with me and she's watched my kids before because she's amazing. And she, afterwards, when I came that evening, she just went, mom, mom, mommy, mom. And I was like, oh my God, did they not say mom a thousand times? She goes, yeah. 
and their dad was there with me and he just put in AirPods and <laughs> my son was even like, well, how are you going to hear us? He's like, I don't really want to hear you anyway. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh so maybe that's the gosh. secret. I just have to put just my- Just be a dad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just be a dad. <sighs> just oh, be anyway. a dad. Thank you guys so much for chatting with me. I feel like we hit a lot of different topics today. That's usually how we do. In a roundabout so way, we got it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. It's just, you know, moms being real and chit-chatting. And this is kind of something like talking with three different women about random mom stuff is something that I've been wanting to do. And I just, my other mom friends, like, I just can never get them together. And I think they're kind of scared to do it too, which I don't know why, but whatever. Not everybody wants to be on something like this, I guess. So, <laughs> well. We just want everyone to know. know it's not that hard. And it's like, if we talk about it, it makes it so it's not like your struggle isn't a big deal. Yeah. Other people well, are and probably I going through it. And now we can actually talk about it now that it's on the table. Yep. And it gives yep. you permission to be irritated or to be overwhelmed or to be frustrating or frustrated. You know, my, my neighbors would talk about how I like, oh, Angie's pissed because, you know, I'm be like, what the fuck, Finnegan? You know, and, and Finnegan. <laughs> I know. It's always Finnegan because he's a mini me. He's the most mini yeah, me. Yeah, he's of the all most like children. you. And so it's like, God damn it. Because I know what he's capable of. He's my little cancer, too. Um, but, and he's so loving and warm, but he's also such a little shithead and impulsive and he's got the ADHD. So the he frustrates me just like I frustrate myself. But even just looking on Instagram when they're like, cool mom swear, it's cool to swear. I'm like, oh, God, thank God, because I swear all the time to my kids. And I tell my kids that they're grown-up words. I don't want to say bad words because they're not bad words. Just like it's a grown-up drink, it's a grown-up word. And they're like, well, can I say grown-up words? No, no, friend. Nope. And it, oddly enough, they do not cuss. <laughs> Neighbor kids oh. come over and hear me and they cuss, but my kids don't cuss. <laughs> That's not your problem. <laughs> Fuck those kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, don't apologize. It's hilarious. Okay, well, yeah, I think I got everything. Thank you so much for doing this. It was a lot of fun. Maybe we could do it again one day. I'd love that. Have this, Actually, yeah, have this be a it. thing because it's refreshing to talk, you know, just shoot the shit. And shoot the shit and share it publicly so people know actually what conversations do happen between moms of yes. our yeah. caliber. Yeah, so. and you're all fucking doing it, and you're all doing great. And yeah. when you like you're keeping you your kid alive, high fives. You're doing it. I don't care Fuck if you're yeah. a Pinterest mom or not a Pinterest mom. You're doing it. You yeah, you it. love that kid. You love that kid, and you're trying your hardest. You're fucking nailing Bad it. Girl. That's it. Do it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, everybody, I hope you enjoyed our conversation and our tips and tricks and all of the great stuff we had to say in that podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me, The Mama Jack, on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok. You can reach out to me on my email. I have my website anything, reach out to me. Do you have a show topic? Are you interested in being on my show? Is there more you want to hear about? Please rate, comment on anything. I would love to hear from you.
Again, thank you so much for listening today.